Well, the Super Bowl matchup is set, and we're set as well to start up the doghouse. What's up, everybody? It is your boy, D-Roy, and this is the Doghouse Fantasy Football Podcast. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at RoyDog underscore 13, and still going over at Facebook, Dennis M. Roy over there. How's everybody doing today? Hopefully everybody is great. We have our Super Bowl matchup set. Why are you texting me? Okay. Thanks. Okay. Good. Good. Fucking gravy, shut off phone. Christ. But we have our Super Bowl matchup set. It is the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Going to be a good matchup. Um, Man, the games were very, very good again, which was great. Uh, Got a little bit bored with the... Uh, 49ers Rams matchup, but you know, that was to be expected because that was supposed to be the slower plotting along game. Um, but, uh, man, talk about a tale of two different halves with the Kansas City Chiefs and Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals coming out on top 27 to 24 over the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. Quit fucking texting me. Yeah, no shit. I know you fucking messaged the wrong guy. Jesus Christ, you already told me that once before, you jackass. Oh, man. Any which way. So, Cincinnati, 27-24 to 24 winners. It did not look good uh, towards the end of that first half for the Cincinnati Bengals. But, I mean, wow. Wow, just terrible, terrible fucking play call. Uh, or even decision, I guess, is what we really should say there um, with Patrick Mahomes. That uh, nice little out route that was going to go nowhere to Tyreek Hill. That was a fucking terrible play. Um, So, yeah. Uh, How did we do in DFS? I don't know. Um, Shit did not work out the way that I really fucking wanted it to. Um, This game... You know, Joe Burrow did okay, uh, 23 of 38, 250, two touchdowns and one interception. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes on the other side, 26 of 39, 275, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Boy, those two interceptions in that second half, wow. Um, not good. Not good at all. Uh, he was rolling along, man. I thought for sure fucking Kansas City at that point was going to just stomp a fucking mud hole in Cincinnati. Not that I wanted it. I wanted Cincinnati to win. But, you know, when you're doing this, you got to think with your head and not with your heart. And uh, Kansas City, I mean, it was like 
the first half was Kansas City that we were seeing for about the last month, and then the second half was like the culmination of everything that was going wrong to, you know, right in that middle part of the season where Kansas City's offense just looked stagnant and just blah. I mean, three points in the fucking second half? Holy shit. Holy shit. But, uh, you know, Mahomes, you had to pay up for him and just didn't come through. Joe Burrow, eh, it was probably fine. It was probably fine. Um, but still, you know, nothing to get really excited about. That was kind of the high floor or the high ceiling, uh, low floor type play. I said, you know, it, there's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of risk to it. But he did get the job done. He also had 25 yards on the ground, so there was that. Jarek McKinnon was the guy in the backfield, so. Leave it to me to get it wrong for the third fucking week in a row. Um, well, it really wasn't that bad last week, I guess, with Jerick McKinnon, picking Jerick McKinnon. But, you know, 12 carries for 65 yards compared to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who I said was the guy that I was going to go with six for 36. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, though, man, had some fucking bursts. And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, well, Jerick McKinnon had the same burst. And it was, no, there was... I mean, McKinnon was getting the job done, but when CEH came in there, man, he was he was banging. He was trying to punish fucking people, and I was really kind of surprised when that game kind of took a turn in the second half that we didn't see a little bit more Clyde Edwards-Alaire um, just trying to batter down that uh, Cincinnati defense, which is look great in the second half of games. I... Whoever the fuck is coming up with the game plans at halftime for the Cincinnati Bengals is just amazing. Amazing. Uh, Joe Mixon, 21 carries for 88 yards, lost out on the touchdown to Samaj P. Ryan, who had four targets, three receptions, 43 yards, and a touchdown, the touchdown being a 41-yarder. So, I mean, the two other receptions just did nothing because they pretty much sniffed it out after that. Um, I was pissed. I... They did nothing to try and do the same thing for Joe Mixon um, on the screen passes. They just tried to kind of use him as a kind of an out, more of an outlet pass. And, you know, Mixon caught all three of his targets for 27 yards. It was just fucking, it was despicable. It was just like they were trying to get away from Joe Mixon as much as humanly fucking possible. And I really didn't get it. As far as the Cincinnati receiving side, um, I picked Jamar Chase and then Tyler Boyd. Jamar Chase uh, caught six of nine targets, 54 yards, and a touchdown, luckily. Also had a carry for three, but that's neither here nor there. And Tyler Boyd, uh, four for 19 on six targets. Nothing really there. So T. Higgins finished the game six for 103 on 10 targets. Now you may be saying, sitting there going, well, you know, you didn't pick T. Higgins. I, you know, I listed the wide receivers, but kind of went through, you know, why I was going one way or the other. The C.J. Uzoma injury at tight end. Now, yeah, Drew Samples, the backup, had one catch for four yards on two targets. If you go back and you watch that game, T. Higgins is a very, very large dude. 
So what they were doing was basically using him out as a split-out wide tight end and running him across. He was doing most of Uzoma's work. So basically the plan of attack was to attack the middle unless, you know, uh, Jamar Chase was one-on-one on the outside, didn't have the safety help over the top. That's when Jamar Chase was getting uh, basically targeted, thrown to. So when you come off, you have to find that secondary receiver, and that was really it was T. Higgins. They just so happened with Lozoma out, like I said, ran him across the field. He was taking up uh, the targets that were probably planned for Uzoma. And that's why T. Higgins did as well as what he did. So I still think the plan of, I still, man, I still think the plan was good. But uh, it just, I mean, I hate to pin it all on, you know, one injury that it went wrong. You know, T. Higgins, I think, outscored Jamar Chase because he got the bonus on DK. Outscored him by, like, I think, like a point or something like that. But basically, if you're looking at the dollar-to-dollar ratio on there, Higgins came out on top, and I don't think he should have. At least that's kind of my feeling on it. Now, on the other side, for Kansas City, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill were, were the two main targets. Kelsey... 10, 10 for 95 and a touchdown on 11 targets. Great fucking game. We said it. I said it, though. You know, he's the top tight end to have. If you're going to come off, what tight end was it going to be? You know, I didn't fade him. Um, except on Yahoo where he was, you know, what, $36? Double check that. Double check my stats. Double check my stats. No, $32. He was still like far and away above any other tight end on the slate. So if you got any production out of any other tight end, um, you know, it would have been great. The only guy that really got anything done really was Kittle. But even then, he only really had, you know, two receptions and then the touchdown. So he really didn't get it done either. Tyreek Hill had a great first half. Ended up 7 for 78 and a touchdown on 10 targets. It was a really good, like I said, it started out really good. Got that for, He got the first touchdown of the game. But then they, when the Bengals started slowing down that offense, Tyreek Hill gone. Travis Kelsey was still going. He was the only thing consistent with that KC offense in the second half the funny part is is like you know i'm looking for the secondary wide receiver and then i come the one week i come off mccall hardman and that's the week that he goes off so mccall hardman was the value play three for 52 and a touchdown on four targets also had two rushes for 18 yards nothing big there byron pringle did next to nothing and uh demarcus robinson absolutely nothing so, <laughs> just a just a shit show for Casey. There, there's no fucking excuses there. Should have ran away with the game, but like I said, end of the first half. Um, I was sitting there thinking to myself, "Man, they are costing themselves this game." I think 
And it was funny because that was the same deficit that the Cincinnati Bengals were in the last game that they played uh, when they beat Kansas City. So, man, since it just has KC's number. NFC Championship game, the LA Rams dispatched the San Francisco 49ers 20-17. Thank God. Thank God. L.A., though, man, just couldn't get any. No fucking sacks that entire game. Great for that offensive line. Great for the offensive line. Had three QB hits, though. Uh, Four tackles for losses, but no fucking sacks. The big big difference was right at the end of the game. I mean, when they scored last. And then it was put on the 49ers, you know, under two minutes remaining. You put it on Jimmy G's shoulder. Bad things are going to happen. 16 of 30, 232, two touchdowns, and then throws the pick right at the end of the game. It was just fucking horrible. Fucking horrible. Horrible fucking pick. Uh, Debo Samuel on the ground. Actually, no, we're going to compare quarterbacks. We're going to compare quarterbacks first. We're going to go back and forth, all right? So L.A. on the other side, Matthew Stafford. I said I was kind of coming around on him. I wanted to only use him in showdown, but it's coming around on him. He was the cheapest of the three quarterbacks, I believe. Yeah. Well, he was tied for second over on FanDuel. But he was the cheapest over he was cheapest on Yahoo and on DK by 300, so yeah, um, really good game by Stafford for the most part. Um, once he, once him and Cooper Cup started getting rolling, um, that's when he really took over and started getting the job done. Why does this fucking sound so bad? Man, I got to turn this up a little bit. Is that better? Hold on here. Is that better? There we go. Sounds a little bit better. You have to let me know. But uh, Stafford looked good uh, for the most part, especially considering the fact that like early it seemed like his uh, nerves were kind of shot. He took a really bad shot to the head for, by Fred Warner, um, who didn't get flagged on it. That was a real fucking disappointment because that was like a blatant fucking hit to the head. Like, I don't think you could have, you know... I don't. I don't think you could have called anything more blatant in that whole fucking game. Besides that, to be honest with you, he was out. He he was trying to knock Stafford around, and he really could have hurt him. Um, luckily, he just kind of brushed it off because he's got that. He's got kind of that mushy, like fat head. So I know how that is. I got a mushy fat head. It's it's kind of hard. To, it's kind of hard to really concuss a mushy fat head. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as far as the running backs are concerned, if you want to consider Debo a running back, uh, he had seven carries for 26 yards, didn't really do too much there. Better than Elijah Mitchell, uh, 11 for 20, um, which I was worried about. Uh, Debo, though, uh, did have four receptions for 72 yards and a touchdown at seven targets. So pretty, you know, he came through. He came through. Except when he didn't, 
you know, versus the other guy on the other side. So we'll get to him. But Elijah Mitchell was really big surprise um, that he was targeted the three times out of the backfield, had three receptions for 50 yards. So he did get the yardage, um, just didn't get it done. Like I, like I said, paying up for him, he's got to get that touchdown. He's got to get the touchdown. Otherwise, he's not going to do shit. But um, Elijah Mitchell, I mean, he stuck, it, he stuck through there. He looked good on them runs, man, when he was catching the ball. Looked really good. But uh, then on the other side, you had Cam Akers, 13 for 48. Um, also had one reception for two yards on one target. He did get hurt. He had a shoulder injury. Uh, came back in, and if you looked at his arm, you could see the harness. It was the Dalvin Cook harness um, right around the bicep. You could see the black strapping on there. Um, so he was playing through it. He was playing tough. So we'll have to see how he feels in a couple of weeks. You know, Dalvin Cook came back um, after, I can't remember if he took a week. I think he only took a week, and then that's when he, like, exploded. Like, like seriously, like, if you're going to get a shoulder injury and then you're going to look that fucking good afterwards, get a shoulder injury every week. But Sonny Michelle was filling in a little bit, uh, played a bit more in here, 10 carries for 16 yards to nothing, next to nothing. Um, also got a pass reception on two targets for minus four yards. Uh, that is the same statistic that he had last week. It was kind of funny when I put together the target sheet. <laughs> he had the sa- exact same, exact same stat uh, in the receiving department. But Cooper Cup, <sighs> it's going to be really hard pressed not to use him in showdown lineups next week or on, in two weeks. 11, 142, two touchdowns on 14 targets. Knocked it out of the park. Best fucking wide receiver out there. Best fucking wide receiver out there. You would have had to pay down for Stafford to get it, you know, as a help to get him. Saw a lot of Cam Akers, uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire lineup, especially in winning lineups in a single entry. Uh, those were the two main running backs, so kind of had it, you know, pay down, pay up at the wide receiver, set it. It was all about finding value. I didn't find the right value. I said, let's go Van Jefferson instead of Odell Beckham. Ended up being a mistake. Odell Beckham, 9-113 on 11 targets. Really good match, a really good game by Odell Beckham. I do have to commend him on that. Do have to commend him on that. Now, what they were doing was basically in the first half, they weren't really doing much switching around, and then it was like they completely found out that uh, Ambry Thomas was like the weakest link. So. If you go back and watch that game, you'll see you'll see that they start switching the guys out over to that right side, right of Stafford, and that's where they were attacking. Like Van Jefferson, actually, he had five targets. He only caught in two for nine. They were looking at He was throwing. He was looking at him. He was throwing to him. He threw him once over by the end zone, too. It was all Ambry Thomas in there, Kawan Williams in the middle. It's like they were trying to stay the fuck away from Mosley on the other side. 
Wherever Mosley went, if he switched over to the other side, they would just go. They just go the other way. It's fucking amazing that they that it took them until the second half to figure that shit out. I mean, it was pretty obvious. That's who we wanted to target. That's why I said, "Hey, you know what? Let's try a different value. Get off of the get off the any type of possibility of chalk." Van Jefferson on that side. But they switched Odell Beckham over there. I mentioned to Paul. I texted Paul. I said, look, how the fuck is Cooper Cup over on Thomas? How are the San Francisco allowing Thomas to cover Cooper Cup? And he noticed it too. It's just the rotation. Tyler Higby did not work out. Got hurt. Hopefully he's going to be back. I believe that was an uh, knee. But it didn't look like a serious knee injury. Could be wrong. We've said that before, though. It doesn't look serious. Oh, he tore his ACL. On what? He fell on a pile. Hurt his knee falling on a pile? Jesus Christ. So what happens? Kendall Blanton comes in. Tyler Higby uh, leaves the game. Uh, Two for 18 on three targets. Kendall Blanton comes in. Five for 57 on five targets. That's where it was, my friends. That's where it was. (laughs) If Higby would have played that whole entire game, he would have had the touchdown. I guarantee you one of the Cooper Cup touchdowns goes to to Tyler Higby. Guarantee it. But Blanton looked good. I heard a couple people. I heard somebody on the radio. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, There's somebody, he, he won like five grand on a single entry and, you know, God bless his heart. But he was like, I, you know, I faded, uh, this is even in the other game. I faded CJ Uzoma for Drew Sample because, uh, you know, Uzoma gets hurt. He gets hurt. So I put in uh, Drew Sample in my lineup instead so I could pay up everywhere else. I'm like, it's just a lucky fucking draw. I'm not putting Drew Sample in there. If you would have told me that you were going to put Kendall Blanton in there after last week, it wouldn't have fucking surprised me where he scored the touchdown, right? That makes sense. That makes sense. Not Drew Sample. (laughs) But, oh, my God. There was a winning lineup in my single entry. They had... um, God, who did they put in there? Oh, they put they did the uh the CEH the CEH uh Jarek McKinnon stack. Oh no, that that was somebody else. That was somebody else. They did Joe Mixon and Samaje P Ryan in the same fucking stack. And then went you know, heavy L.A., they did Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham. I think they had Higgins in that one, too, if I'm not mistaken. I think they had Higgins in there. No, 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 no. They had they had uh, Tyreek. They had Tyreek and Kelsey. In, oh, no, Kelsey and Hardman. That's who it was. They had Kelsey and Hardman in there. But uh, I don't think he would have went wrong with Brandon Ayuk, though. He was actually getting the job. I'm actually surprised that Brandon Ayuk did not score in this game. Um, He had one on the sidelines, but he had a couple where 
he was getting caught just at that last second, mostly because Jimmy G's throws were fucking terrible, but, you know, he wasn't basically throwing him open or keeping him in stride. Uh, but he finished war for sixty nine on eight targets. I thought he was gonna. I thought he was gonna explode. Thought Ayuk was gonna explode. Juwan Jennings did nothing. Uh, two for eight on two. So, a couple of little bit of lessons for uh, showdown slate. Um, when we get to that, that'll be next week. Uh, when we kind of deal a little bit more with the Super Bowl. This week, I want to just deal a little bit more with um, kind of going through, uh, kind of reviewing um, this past year. So I'll try to put out an episode a, a day. Um, we'll do, you know, like quarterbacks, running backs one day, uh, wide receivers, stuff like that. Uh, tight ends and defenses, we'll just mix in. You know, maybe we'll just do those with the quarterbacks. Just go through Thursday, maybe. And then, you know, have the weekend off. But um, pretty much uh, we're kind of in review mode this week. I do have the target sheet done. Uh, I am sending that out tonight, so we'll have that all ready to go. Um, And then really what we're going to be doing is kind of focusing on next season. So I'm starting to work on the depth charts we're going to get those redone, updated. Um, I'm going to try and add in there whether they're a restricted free agent versus a, a UFA, unrestricted free agent. Um, and then I'm, if I have time, it might not be on the first run. I think what I want to do is I want to try and put how many years are left on their contracts because then I can keep updating it each year, you know, and it'll be a lot easier, of course, because all you got to do is just knock it down a year, um, that type of thing. Um, be able to keep up, you know, year to year. Uh, what else am I going to do? Oh, NFL draft. We're going to work on that. We got the Senior Bowl this weekend. I'm looking forward to that. So we could check out some prospects for uh, the Vegas draft, which, of course, we will not be doing the uh, Facebook live stream this year or the live podcast that we did the year before. Uh, we are going back out on the road. We are going to be in Vegas for this year's NFL draft, the 2022 draft. And uh, make a nice little road trip out of it. Have some podcasts and stuff like that. Um, it will be a very busy week because we also have USFL starting this year. Um, whether or not it's going to be short term or not, more than likely, you know, short term, we keep losing these smaller leagues. I want to get the XFL back. Uh, so we'll see what happens here. But USFL. Uh, that's going to be starting up in mid-April. So I'm assuming that they are going to be doing DFS-type uh, contests for that. Um, last season, you know, we were working on I was working on XFL. That's where the target data sheet came from. So I'm going to use USFL, 
as kind of a thing to kind of improve what we have going for us, you know, the spreadsheets, uh, write-ups, any type of stuff like that. Try to make improvements on everything uh, for the upcoming NFL year. I'm going to be starting work on the uh, seasonal draft guide. Start that one a little bit earlier, kind of get a little bit more in-depth with the teams. Um, You know, work on it little by little here and there. It'll build back up. Uh, God, how big was it last year? It was over 100 fucking pages last year. I think the last two years, actually. Year two and year three were both over 100 pages. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I'd like to actually work on some player profile type stuff too um, if I have time and, and get uh, stats for like... You know, you open up the, you open up, you go to the books, you know, you go to the bookstore, the magazine, wherever you get magazines, you go get the uh, fantasy football things like the Athlon, the football diehards type shit, and uh, from your newsstands. And, um, you know, you look at the players and they have like the last three years of data. I want to get those, I'm going to try and get those off Pro Football Reference. Um, and get those entered into the draft guide for this year. I'd like to actually get it out earlier if I can. Um, then I'm not sitting there fucking around with it in, in August. I'd like to have it done by the end of July, to be honest with you. Um, that's kind of why I want to get started early. But Because we'll be able to do the draft sheets and all that. We'll be able to have the updates per week. If that's the only thing I'm doing, because I'm not fucking writing anymore. You know, um... That'd be great. It takes a lot off my plate to get some, you know, be able to get ready for DFS. Have the spreadsheets built um, as soon as possible. I'd like to have those done by the end of June this year. Have them all done. This year I was working on, I was usually about two to three weeks ahead schedule in the building. I'd like to have them done. I'd like to have them done before the season even fucking starts. Get them tested out, trial runs, so I can sit on a Sunday, at least for the early games, and just fucking relax and not doing anything. Just because, you know, I had to enter all all the stats and stuff, all the target stuff. I was doing that during the late games, uh, the later afternoon games, and during the Sunday night football game, and it's like... (sighs) When am I going to take time for myself and just fucking sit here and just fucking relax? So that's kind of my goal on that. But um, really excited to get this NFL draft thing going. Have that ready to go for everybody. Um, Trying to make improvements to that one too. Maybe be a little bit more in-depth with what I'm seeing. Um I'm happy that the fucking combine's back. I love watching the combine. Um, I think the year before, so like the first year that we did the the NFL draft guide, I think that one was actually better in terms of the actual writing. You know, the analysis of the pay, uh, the player and everything. Last season seemed to be a bit rushed because most of, like, the combine, you know, quote-unquote combine shit was, um, 
done at their at their home college stadiums you know where they're doing you know um all the shit on either natural grass versus turf um you had to kind of put that in consideration and most of that shit was done so fucking late you know like the it was done like the end of fucking march early april and it was like holy fuck can we do this shit earlier cuz the combine is usually at the end of february but i like the combine shit too because like you can go out and you can look at all the video and all that shit when they're at the fucking combine you can tell a lot of shit and you can see you know if you're worried about a guy right guys dropping a shit ton of balls is he just nervous cuz he's at the combine let's go look at let's go look at the tape here and see you know what he's got going on here see how he approaches the uh the way that the quarterback throws i like it a lot more at the combine cuz it's you know you can look at the game tape you can see where that arm slot is and i like seeing that and i'll be looking at that but i like the combine too because that's their natural throw where they're supposed to be, you know, relaxed, comfortable being able to make this throw, right? Because there's nobody fucking rushing at him. So I think it's a little bit more natural in a game. You know, they may have to change the arm slot up, you know, to pass around a guy or something like that, but I don't know. I like combining the two. I just do. I, the more information we have, the better. I mean, with the combine, that's how we that's how we determined that T. Higgins was going to be a really good player. That's how we found out he was going to be a really good player, man. I'm telling you, you can't fight. You can't. I mean, everybody can go. Well, he was a second round pick. What do you want? What do you fucking want? Yeah, but there's a lot of people who were shitting on that pick. A lot of people shitting on that pick. I just remember talking to Paul. We were both just like, dude, the kid's going to be good. We wanted the Packers to get him. They didn't fucking do it. But, uh, oh, oh. Got all the head coaches being introduced today. Brian Dabble introduces the Giants head coach. Josh McDaniels getting his second run as a head coach with the, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. That's going to be fucking interesting. We should actually go through some of this. I know there's some other news notes and nugs. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, the picket. <laughs> Double-jointed. Double-jointed. Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. He's got a double joint in his thumb. They're talking... Uh, Pittsburgh cornerback Kenny Pickett, whose hands are said to be quite small. An AFC area scout whose region includes Pittsburgh told NFL.com earlier this month that it's under nine inches for sure. (laughs) Declined to be measured on Monday when scouts took official measurements. Pickett will wait until March's NFL scouting combine to be measured because of a double-jointed thumb. Pickett will do hand exercises in the coming weeks in order to develop a more accurate measurement when the combine convenes 
in Indianapolis. When is the NFL Combine then? If it's in March, they move it back to the middle of March? I'd love to go to the NFL Combine, to be honest with you. Oh, right at the beginning. It's perfect. Uh, March 1st through March 7th. Sweet. That's awesome. Um, Senior Bowl 2022 is this weekend. Um, Oh, good. It's on NFL Network, so... Gonna definitely be watching that and be able to start up everything. NFL Network's great because I can go back, rewind, all that shit. So, any which way, I guess that is. I don't know if there's anything more else to talk about. I mean, at least for off-season stuff. Again, it's still working on it. I'm going to work on a logo. I'm going to try to have that done by March. I'm going to try and take, have it done by the end of this month. Get a logo out, maybe make some swag. We talked about that as well. Paul and I did. Get that stuff out. That's where you, that's where you can actually give me some of your money is for the swag stuff. We'll do some stickers. Do some shirts. Paul wants a big old work shirt with the fucking logo on it. We'll do that. Uh, I want a polo. <laughs> we'll have that shit all going out. All good to go. Still don't know if we're going to do the website or not. Um, I got to look into it. Maybe that's what I'll do this week. Look into a website. It makes it a little bit easier um to get content out you know just basically put it on the site we can put the podcast you know link to the podcast on the site um it just saves a lot of time for having to email everything out right you can just go to the website and we'll probably just do a standard subscriber login and stuff on there depending upon the pricing on how much it's going to cost to actually maintain the site there may be, I may charge a couple bucks, but it's only going to be enough to where, you know, we're not talking anything major. Um, you know, not even, you know, the $20, you know, we're never going to, we're never, I'm never going to ask anybody for, you know, regular, a regular subscriber fee. As long as I'm right, as long as it's mine and I'm running it, I'm never going to charge a big fee. The only thing I would charge is just enough where I could figure it out to where, you know, the site runs. Um, And I'm not, you know, putting a full cost into it. It's kind of all about the cost effectiveness. So um, at the very most, you know, a couple bucks a month, that'd be about it. And by a couple bucks a month, like I would never, I don't even see it coming anywhere close to five bucks a month. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm talking like maybe like $2 a month, where maybe I would charge like $25 for the entire year. That would be it. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm looking at. That would be my goal. Um, To have a website up and running and just be ready to go. You know what I mean? 
that would be a goal. That is a goal. So take a look into that stuff. But like I said, very nominal fee if we do it. So, um, yeah. So how about this? We're going to get, we're going to get this podcast ro- rolled up, uh, rounded up. I am tired as fuck. I need to go to bed. Um, but I'm going to get the target sheets out tonight. So you'll have those. Uh, tomorrow we'll start the review sessions. We'll go back and just kind of, you know, go through the, um, ADP. I think we'll just go through the ADP sheet and just kind of, you know, go hit, miss, you know, that type of deal. Uh, talk about anything that kind of popped up. We're looking at who, you know, we're going to say, fuck this guy. We're never, we're never coming back to this again. And I can guarantee you one. It's a Julio Jones. I mean, did I even need to say it? Did I even need to say that one out loud? I don't know. I don't think I did. But, uh, you know, we'll have to talk about guys that we we liked, but we weren't going to trust this year like uh, everybody else. You know, that would be like LaVisca Chenault. Come on. Like the player, hated the situation. But for now, I'm going to let you guys go. Hope everybody has a good one. And uh, I'll talk to you on the next podcast. Go Bengals.